Hi guys, it's Baby Peach, and we're back with part 30 of Higurashi. In case you don't remember, we're learning the backstory of Hinamizawa. The villagers at the foot of the mountains worship the ogres. So, Onigafuchi was hollowed ground that you could never enter. It, be it came to be said that if you entered carelessly, you were cursed by Oyashiro-sama. Those who set foot in Onigafuchi, in other words, Hinamizawa would be cursed. I can understand that. I know that, but for leaving to also be no good, that's also the ogres, you see. They were being strictly watched by Oyashiro-sama, so they could not enter into our world. In other words, Oyashiro-sama probably restricted interaction between Onigafuchi and the rest of the world. I see. I finally understood what sort of thing Oyashiro-sama was. So basically, Oyashiro-sama is more like a warden than a protectorate deity, I guess, trying to keep this place isolated from the rest of the world. I guess that's how it would seem. I'm sorry, I don't know much, very much myself. This is mostly what was passed on to me from my grandmother. I can understand it a bit better if it was like that. Those who came to Hinamizawa would be cursed, and those who tried to leave would also be cursed. So basically, Reina originally lived in Hinamizawa and moved away. She fulfilled the requirements for being cursed. So that means because Reina moved away against its wishes, she was cursed by Oyashiro-sama. Is that what it adds up to? In short, it seems to be what it points to, I guess. As a matter of fact, soon afterwards, they did move back to Hinamizawa after all. Those who abandoned Hinamizawa and left were cursed. But then, why only Reina? Shouldn't Reina's parents also have been guilty of the same transgression by moving away and have been cursed? Also, in this day and age in Japan, shouldn't there be a lot of people coming and going? If every single one of them was cursed, then it'd be insane. But in reality, it wasn't that big a deal at all. At most, there would be one person dying and one disappearing on the day of the Watanagashi. I don't like saying at most, though. Well, anyways, there's a lot it I still don't know. Even if it was Oyashiro-sama's curse, it doesn't add up as to why her classmates, the victims who were beaten with the metal bat, wouldn't press charges. You don't think the victims were cowering because they believed what a terrible curse had befallen them, do you? Of course, I don't want to believe it. But more importantly, I had just realized something else. There was another bizarre connection that Rain had made between Oyashiro-sama's curse and metal bats. Satoshi fell victim to Oyashiro-sama's curse and went missing. I had recently learned that Satoshi had also become infatuated with the metal bat right before he disappeared, just like me. Then Reina as well. She was affected by Oyashiro-sama's curse. She confessed that much to the doctor. And the weapon, which she had used at the time of the horrendous act, was, again, a metal bat. And finally, me. I'd encountered various things that were inexplicable, and I was holding onto a metal bat. 
I was shocked when I learned that Satoshi did the same thing. It couldn't be. Had the same thing happened to Reina? But there was one critical difference between her and Satoshi's case. That being, Satoshi went missing after falling victim to the curse, but Reina was still here. Both of them had fallen victim to Oyashiro Osama's curse, yet they were met with very different endings. And finally, me. I couldn't call it a coincidence anymore. Reina, Satoshi, and finally, me. Could it be that I really was under Oyashiro Osama's curse right now? No. More importantly than that, what should I do now? Satoshi had been demoned away, vanishing without a trace. Reina was fine. Fine? Reina had undergone a change. I could only believe that there was something that wasn't Reina residing within her. And here, right now, it was standing before me. Reina, please tell me what will happen to me. Reina stood, imposingly not answering. Satoshi disappeared, but Reina didn't. So, what will happen to me? <laughs> I had never heard such an unpleasant laugh before. It had become akin to the sound of her breathing. It was no longer a voice or an expression or feeling. Don't worry. I'll save you. Raina took one step forward, still holding the axe high above her head. Now then, one step closer, Raina's face spread out to fill my vision. Speak. One step closer, Raina's nose was close enough to touch mine and was still pushing closer. There's something you want to say, isn't there? I'll listen. I'll save you, okay? Speak, okay? Speak, okay? I slumped down, landing squarely on my butt. It wasn't for some pathetic reason. It was all I could do to get as far away from Reina. <laughs> I had the gut feeling that I couldn't let her laughter end, because when that laughing ended... The moment I picked up on that feeling, my body moved by instinct. I sprang to my feet so fast even I couldn't believe it and pushed Reina away with both hands. Reina was as light as a feather. Thrown about by the unbalanced weight of the axe, she, had, she was sent backwards as if she had been carried off by the wind. After confirming that out of the corner of my eye I had dashed off at full speed, I was the picture perfect of fleeing like a greased pig. Get away from Reina. Run away. Survive. I couldn't think of anything other than this. While I was running, I remembered I'd been holding on to a bat the entire time. Such a worthless weapon. I couldn't believe I'd forgotten about this weapon at such an important time. I sped even farther down the winding path. I didn't even feel myself gasping for breath or my legs getting heavy. My body understood it as well. If I didn't run away from here, I wouldn't live. I couldn't hear the laughter of that simulacrum of Reina coming from behind me. It rang through the trees and in my head and slowly chiseled away at my sanity. The girl with the trees thinned out, my field of vision suddenly expanding. 
Where was this? For a moment, I was bewildered by the scenery. I felt I knew, but couldn't quite remember. I quickly realized it was the damn sight. The fact that I dashed madly and ended up in a place like this gave me a bad feeling, like I was following someone's scripted plot. I had a good view of my surroundings, but I didn't see a single soul here. This was a terrible spot for someone on the run, but there was no better place for an attacker. My heart was suddenly on the verge of bursting. The muscles of my legs were screaming, but I didn't care. If I stopped here, then they might not even be able to scream for much longer. Even still, I glanced back, looking for an excuse to rest. Raina wasn't there. Instead, I saw two villagers walking around. I breathed a sigh of relief that it wasn't Raina, but a third party. Except the voice inside me rang the alarm once again. Villagers walking around weren't suspicious in and of themselves, but it bothered me. They were both rough-looking clothes empty-handed. They definitely gave the impression that they were just out for a walk, but at this time of day, two adults wandering around without a purpose, it wasn't enough to raise questions. But more than anything else, those eyes. They weren't chit-chatting while walking. They were both silent, heading forward, looking in my direction. Was I at the end of my rope and had finally started imagining things? I shouldn't run away. That was probably the best choice. If they weren't involved, I'd lose them easily by running. If they were part of the group after me, then they would come running after me. Either way, unless I hurried up, Raina would catch up with me. That's right, I was going to run. Deciding that the moment I began to turn tail, both of them rushed towards me as if they knew exactly what I was thinking. Somewhere inside me, I had jumped to the conclusion that Raina was the only thing I needed to be afraid of. I made the assumption that I didn't need fear of anything else. But right now, I realized just how blatantly wrong I was. Suddenly, the story Oishi's son told me about the demons all leaving the village to hunt prey floated through the back of my mind. I could tell they were both coming after me without even turning around because of their frantic footsteps. It was frightening being unable to shake Raina off as she slowly closed in on me, but this didn't even compare. Being pursued with such violent ferocity, the straightforward horror was unparalleled. One of the pursuers' arms grazed my shoulder. Now, it wasn't just their frenzied footsteps, but also the distinct sound of their breathing that I could hear. No, I could practically feel them breathing on me. They were already right behind me. Calm down, Keiichi Maibara. Still running at full tilt, I felt the surrounding area go still. No, it felt like time itself had stopped. I turned my head slightly in that frozen world, realizing how close my pursuers had gotten to me. I couldn't run against the legs of an adult. In less than the time it would take to blink twice, when this frozen time began moving again, they'd be right on top of me. On top of me, and then... Don't think about that, Keiichi. First realize that you won't be able to shake them off like this. In fact, if the fact that... You'd get away was a given, then you need to make a decision. Go with the right leg or the left. You just need to decide which one. Let's go with the left. The moment I decided that, the temporal singularity burst into pieces. Right. Left. I swung the bat in a wide arc with my right arm, using the inertia. I stopped and suddenly spun. What? The two of them were clearly startled momentarily losing sight of me, both of their outstretched ar- arms ready to grab me instead of grasp at empty space. The man on the right, I applaud him 
being able to figure it out, spun around to the spot I shouldn't have been and faced me in astonishment. But it was too late. I didn't even need to swing my bat. All I needed to do was extend my arms as I turned around. It was by no means a heavy blow, but it seemed like it had enough power behind it to knock him off his feet. But just knocking him down wasn't enough to scare him away. He got back up in no time. Both of them took a fighting stance and they were ready to face me. This family certainly weren't just two people out for a walk. They were clearly after me. It felt much easier than dealing with Raina. Just by not recognizing their faces, by not knowing them, it made things easier. I smiled rarely on the inside. What do you want me with me? Next one is going to be right in your face, you bastard. It's fine if it was just a bluff. By barking out at them, I was able to fire myself up. They didn't respond. They spread out to either side of me with unbelievably calm expressions on their faces. One of them would grab onto my bat and the other would hold me down. What was their plan? Taking on both of them at once would be impossible. Hot sweat poured from every pore in my body. Then I just have to settle it with the first move. I'd step in and strike the first one down. Narrowing my target down to the man on the right, who had already been knocked down before, I stepped in and swung with all my might. There was no way for an unarmed person to guard against it. It would cause immense damage. If they blocked it with their arm, their bone would snap like a twig. If they turned their back to it, then it would be possible that the blow would travel all the way to their vital organs. It looked like he was aware of this. He pushed farther through the killed zone between us and delivered a fist right into my gut. Not good. With this distance and this position and in this state, there was no way for me to dodge it. The world flipped upside down. I understood that I was being tossed around like a rag dog. doll. I landed on the soft earth without a sound, feeling the grainy soil press against my face. It didn't hurt at all. But the moment I thought that, I suddenly felt pain coming from the abrasions on my skin, as well as the contents of my stomach being forced upwards, flooding my mouth with a bitter sensation. I knew very well that I didn't have the time to relish this experience. I stood up as quickly as I could, but at that moment the other man was already barreling towards me. Being able to comprehend calmly that I simply couldn't dodge it made it all the more ups- upsetting. After plowing into my stomach full force once again, my assailant twisted around behind me and locked his thick arm around my neck. My throat felt like it was being crushed by his immense strength. I couldn't even contemplate that I was being strangled or that I was about to go unconscious. My vision suddenly simply darkened and a silent whining noise began playing deep inside my mind. It took everything I had to keep myself from blacking out. While this was happening, the other man was more than likely standing in front of me. I wasn't able to open my eyes, but I could feel that he was there. There was nothing I could do now. Unable to shake his arm off me, I couldn't run, I couldn't fight back. Dire strats. I couldn't even come up with the phrase that adequately described my situation.
familiar ceiling. <clears throat> the smell of the bed and pillows, I knew them well. Was this my room? Normally there wouldn't be anyone in my room besides me, but their presence made me spring awake. When I did that, a pain shot throughout my entire body. Feeling alright? I think you'd be better. Just lie down for a bit. Oh, I was right in my room. Blood began to surge through my muscles and my capillaries. But Raina's smile belonged to the Raina I knew well. I knew I shouldn't let myself feel this way, but I relaxed and came that this version of Raina was safe. Why am I? Don't you remember? After losing consciousness, nothing at all. <clears throat> my body had become more lethargic than I could ever have imagined. I guess that would be the expected outcome after exerting everything I had back there. I tried to at least clear my mind, but I just couldn't shake the sluggish feeling out of my mind. I called the doctor. He should be here soon. I think you just better lie down until then. I wasn't injured seriously enough to merit calling a doctor, but knowing that someone impartial was coming was slightly reassuring. <clears throat> Why am I here? I'm sure I was at the damn site. That's what I want to know. What happened? When I got there, Keiji Kun had already passed out. That's why I'm the one who wants to know. I was attacked by two weirdos. As I talked about it, I finally remembered what happened right before I passed out. Recalling that memory and the terror that went along with it caused the fogginess around my head to clear up right now. Let's forget about those two for now. I didn't expect... Raina to be nursing me. I thought Raina was trying to kill me. She would have been the perfect chance while I was unconscious. Not only did she not kill me, she had nursed me back to health. Amazing you could drag me all the way back here. Wasn't I heavy? Looking at Raina's delicate frame, it was hard to believe that she had not only gotten me back home, but even dragged me all the way up to the second floor. Did she have some help? <clears throat> Don't you remember, Kiji-kun? Rina appeared a bit surprised, but still kept her smile. I only propped you up on my, I only propped you up on my shoulder. You said you could walk on your own and that you were fine. You don't remember? I didn't remember. My memory was fuzzy after the point where I lost consciousness. What about those two? Huh? When you got there, Raina, the ones with me, or rather, those two guys. There wasn't anyone, she said it bluntly. The way she stated it felt slightly unpleasant. I was just too timid at that time. I might have been able to force some answers out of Reyna, but if I did that, then this Reyna might transform into the scary Reyna, who I didn't know. Fearing that, I didn't press any further. Thinking about it, it was the obvious choice. If both of those men were there, I don't think Reyna would, have, would even have stood the chance. I couldn't find a way to explain it unless I assumed she brought me here after those two were already gone. Raina was still smiling. Her eyes sparkled warmly. Yet, I felt like I was hallucinating when I saw something. Something akin to a shadow slowly creeping across her face. That small omen sh sent shivers down my spine. 
While Reyna was still Reyna, I needed to make contact. I needed to contact Oishi-san. Reyna stopped me when I tried to get out of bed. She said it would agitate my wounds, so I should sleep. I'd like to go to the bathroom, though. Ah, sorry. Reyna couldn't say anything else. While Reyna stayed in the room, I quickly went downstairs to get the phone receiver in the living room. When I approached the front door, the doorbell rang. Ding dong. It must have been the doctor Reyna had called. It was a strange for a patient to welcome in the doctor who was making a house call, but it would be incredibly reassuring to have him here for the considerable time it would take Oishi-san to get here. I carelessly opened the door with that simple assumption and regretted it almost instantly. Okay, guys. And with that, we're going to end this episode here, and we'll find out who's at the door in the next episode. See you next time. Bye.